Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by the Boss Builders. That would be us. Hey, for this year, we are really ramping up our training options. Now, post-COVID, we did a lot of virtual work. We had our Art of the Great Boss Masterclass. We had, I think, 15 or 20 different cohorts go through it, and we still have cohorts going through it today. It's a great program, one session a month for 13 months. But we also realize that audiences are ready for us to come back on the road and visit them at their house. And so we are implementing a couple of new programs. Well, they're not really new. Well, one of them actually is very new. The first one is our two-day driving results on-site management skills workshop. This involves learning how to manage people, learning about yourself, learning how to motivate, lots of exercises we do together, lots of opportunities to practice. Our second option, though, is a new hybrid option. And so what we wanted to do with this one is to establish an entire year with an organization. Three in-person, one-day on-site visits with virtual sessions in between. So in the in-person sessions, we can really work as groups. We can do some practice, some skill practice, and then we can touch base throughout the year with those individual virtual sessions. So that is our second option. We're obviously going to continue our Art of the Great Boss cohorts. But finally, you can also license and teach our curriculum. We've developed it to the point where really anybody could step in. There's a very robust train the trainer guide. I will also come on site and teach you how to teach the curriculum. So you could do it at your own time, your own pace, your own schedule. For information on all of these programs, just check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, I'm sure you've heard an awful lot about networking in your time, and most of the time we think of networking as one of those business things that we have to do. It's also really important if you're looking for a new position or if you've been laid off, right? Your network is your strength. In fact, I've heard stats that 90% of jobs are found through networking. Our guest today is Beth Vossmeyer. Now, she is an expert in the art of networking, and the topic is the power of networking. Now, Beth is going to make the case, and you'll hear this in just a few minutes, that networking is something we should all be doing, and it's not going to be in the same group for everything. You have to be very intentional with it. I took an awful lot out of this episode, and I know that you will as well. And make a commitment as we move into the end of this year and the end of the next to start building that network. I truly believe your network's like a muscle. The harder you work it, the stronger it becomes. Beth has a lot more to say, so let's let her say it. You know what time it is. Let's make sure the personal items tucked underneath the seat in front of you. Make sure your seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Beth Vossmeyer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here today. Yeah, we had a little trouble getting this data. I think we were supposed to do it back in the summer, and I had some technical problems. So I'm really glad that you were patient with us, Beth, and, and we could do this today. So we'll set up the day. We are in the middle of October, about a week from Halloween. And uh, the topic is power of networking, and we're going to dive into that, especially the networking part of it. 
But before we do that, Beth, I was hoping you could share with our audience something about you. Where are you located and what are some things you're working on today? Tell us your story. So I'm located in the Pacific Northwest area, specifically a suburb of Seattle, Washington, uh, the great evergreen state. I have been a small business owner for at least 16 years. I have been teaching people how to network appropriately network for over 20 years and my passion comes from wanting entrepreneurs to have and business owners and companies to have better success with their networking so i just have huge passion about this because i watched family members clients struggle with making the right connections well i think that's great so you became an entrepreneur 16 years ago then right yes Yes. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a long journey. And how long did it take before you realized, hey, networking is something I better be doing? Was it right away or did it take a while to get there? So I would like to say a little bit more about I was in sales for a mm-hmm. commercial printing company back in the back in the day before I decided to start my journey. And I'd always been doing networking, but networking in that definition was transactional right? Give me a referral. I'll give you a referral. There wasn't any depth to it. And when I started my own business, what really made me tune into the fact that depth was needed in your network was how I was supported in that transition. I was forced into entrepreneurship by family, friends, and an employer that let me go for my Christmas bonus. Oh, lucky you. (laughs) But I would not have it any other way. I would not not be out here doing it myself, but it really made me value those relationships that I built over time and understanding how better to implement them and create them and cultivate them. Okay. Well, we're going to dive into the networking piece in a little bit, but I want to stay with uh, your entrepreneur track. So was it, so you was kind of something on your mind and then you got laid off right before Christmas and that pushed you into it. So was that the real catalyst or was there something else that made you just say, I'm going to do this? So it is a twofold answer. And the first one is I had watched my mother, who was a hairdresser, who had owned hair salons my whole life, struggle with being an entrepreneur and not understanding any of the business side of it. Since since then, that's why I went to school, because she was determined that I was going to have a professional career. So I went to college, got a degree in accounting, came out of college, hated it. (laughs) Three and a half years, hated it. So what did I do? I went into the exact opposite, and I went into print and marketing collateral. And I, the skill set I picked up as an accountant helped me serve my customers in being a print marketing. And I would go into companies and I would build them up because I was inevitably used, working for entrepreneurs that were good at operating, you know, being a salesperson in their business, but not operating their business. And so I would bring all my knowledge to and say, this is how you read a PL, this is how you run a cash flow, this is how you do all this. And I would inevitably change their business. My husband watched me do that three times over. And when I was laid off that last time, he said, we are not doing this again. He goes, you need to do this for you and you need to be a success at it with you, even if we take losses. So it was a twofold reason for me becoming an entrepreneur. Well, I mean, the good news is you have a big support system there. You know, if your partner says, hey, I don't want you to have your own business and you do it anyway, there's probably going to be some struggles. So I think that's a huge piece right there. So tell me what it felt like when you announced to the world that, hey, I am starting my business. I'm not working for anybody anymore. Did that have a special meaning for you or was it just like, yeah, it's just another day? Uh, I would lean absolutely the opposite direction. Pure fear. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Even though I knew what I was getting into, I knew my field, I had support, I had support with other business owners. I was so fearful of what I didn't know, what I couldn't find out, and what roadblocks I'd run into that it was almost choking, like almost devastating. And then I had a couple mentors that helped guide me through. And I just want to encourage anyone that's on that threshold, if you don't try and succeed and you don't try and you fail, if you didn't try, you lost either way. You have to know. And not everyone's a success. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's in all the self-help books. Failure is part of the success journey. But that was a big thing for me to come overcome. And it, you know, it occasionally rears its head today. Like, whoo, why are you starting a new thing? Why are you doing this? And it's just a constant, I call it shooting all over yourself. I need to <laughs> not shoot everywhere. <laughs> Love that. That's great. <laughs> So, yes. So, so then, all right. So you started your business. It sounds like you surrounded yourself with some support, which is really good. Some people that, you know, maybe gave you advice. Do you remember what maybe the best advice you ever got was when you were starting that? I would have to say that one of the things that still holds me true today is the business coach had a call with me that was a referral partner of mine. And she had a call with me and she did everything in her power to talk me out of doing it. She said, the industry you're going in is dead. No one does this. I mean, she mm -hmm. threw every negative thing that she could throw out at me. And what that really did for me was to help me understand exactly how passionate I was about what I was doing, understand what problem I solved. And it really tuned me into my why. Okay. So it was almost the motivation you needed, just the fact that you were told you wouldn't survive, huh? Correct. I am that type of personality. Tell me I well, can't, I'll show I'm you. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't work with anybody. <laughs> I know people that say, yeah, you're right. I, why would, what was I thinking? But it, it sounds, well, that's good. You know, I think the, the best advice I got, I got two pieces. The first one was cash is king, which I didn't understand at the time. And now I do. But the other one, and this was told to me, by someone who told it to him, and I just continue the streak, it's uh, pigs get fat, but hogs get slaughtered. So be a pig, but not a hog. And I thought, that's some good advice right there. But the beauty is you had people uh -huh. that could give you that advice and, and just be there yes. for you. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, and another piece that you hear a lot in tech world, and because I'm surrounded by tech people, is go fast and break things. I didn't really understand what that meant, but... I am getting clearer and clearer about what that means for me. So don't be afraid. Don't hold back. If you break something, move on, go fast, get there, get there, get going. Yeah. That all that hesitation just holds us all back is what it means to me. Well, thinking about things that hold you back. I mean, as you think about your journey in business, like what is the biggest hurdle you've ever had to overcome? And are you able to use that with others? I would say yes. I was in 2016 in major negotiations to acquire a different business. And I was all in. I was gung-ho. I was spending resources, time, energy, and money. And much work, much effort went into it to the tune that I lost several hundred thousand dollars in going to do this than to have it not go through due to a decision made by someone else outside of my control. I can tell you that loss was devastating to me. It just, just broke my soul. 
However, fast forward to the beginning of 2020 and that business being so people dependent and people being have to be in person, I know I look back at that now and go, whew, that was a cheap lesson. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, okay, there is some divine intervention here or some higher power or something that somebody was looking out for me, whatever you believe in or whatever you do, right? So well, I, who could have even predicted 2020? So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I guess you have to kind of find the gift in did, most but... anything. And sometimes it's not easy, but uh, that was a pretty easy one to pick out, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I, I, I cannot tell you, I was like mourning in mourning for months about it. And then I was like, whoo. Yes. Okay. I didn't do so bad, you know, because that whole shooting I said all over myself, I should have approached it this way. I should have got the attorneys in sooner. I should have, should have, should have. I was like, ooh, that was wasted energy right there. I'm glad. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's great. Well, my hope is that if somebody's listening to this today that's thinking about starting a business, like tune in because here's somebody that's been through it. You know, this is lessons learned. So that you may not have to learn them the hard way, you know. I'm, I'm just glad that you're sharing. Now, really, the networking piece of our time together today is what we really wanted to focus on. So, I guess the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what is the benefit of networking if you're an entrepreneur? Is it worth the effort, especially if I'm somebody who just doesn't really like to mix and socialize? So, what I normally say to that question is. Being an entrepreneur is very lonely, and it doesn't matter if you have a support system of your family and clients. There's just some people where you need a trusted board of advisors to bounce ideas off of, to talk about struggles, to have a sounding board. And that's what, at its essence, good networking is about. Well, when you network, I mean, so is there a process that you do it? Is there a certain place that you want to do it. I mean, I, I hear with sales, you know, always be closing. I mean, should it be always be networking or, I mean, how does that really work? The only reason I say that is that, you know, when people lose jobs, first thing I hear is, okay, you got to activate your network because 95% of all jobs come through your network. But like, what is it? You know? So I guess that's where we need to go. Like, what does this look like? Who should we pick and where do we find people that we can network with? So I'm really bad at remembering authors' names, but there's a famous author out there that wrote a book and he said, we become the five, mm. the five closest people to us in our personal and professional business, right? So if you're not networking and have five trusted individuals that maybe have excelled in a different area, maybe they are a level up from where you view yourself or we're not uh, connecting and striving with the right people, there's gr no growth, no stagnant. I believe that networking and connecting with people is more needed now than it was pre-COVID because people have lost the ability to connect. We've lost the desire to connect and it's people make big changes in other people's lives. And networking, what you're looking for are people that have skill sets op opposite of you, but complement you. People that have businesses that complement you or support your business in kind. People that are like-minded and goals and achievements. Or people that are mentors for you. It, it, it is a well-rounded circle, in my opinion. 
So how big is your, so, I mean, I've heard you say networking group. I've heard you say board of advisors. Are those the same or like, like who is your support system? How many people are in it? I would say my immediate support, my go-to, I can tell them anything. They would be there for me and their business referral partners and all that. I say, I keep a strong 15. Wow. That's impressive. These are not the same 15. They're not the same 15 I started with, but there is a strong 15. And I'm committed to their success and they're committed to mine. So is this arrangement you have with the 15, is this formal where they like sign agreements or how does that kind of work? Because I mean, I have colleagues and I have friends. I may not talk to them for a couple months and then, yeah, we catch up a little bit. Is this different though? Is this like a real relationship you got to work? Yes, absolutely. This is a relationship you have to work. And there are peaks and valleys where you're the giver or the receiver, but it absolutely has to be a full reciprocity ring. You have to show up and support these people as much as they show up and support you. And it's structured. I believe that there's multiple ways to get there. One is in you know organizations that you pay and you're equally committed. Another is to have a, a verbal agreement with uh, success partners. Uh, another way is to have a structured commitment. You're strong in this, I'm strong in this. Let's complement each other and build this out. Um, there's multiple ways to approach it and it all depends on what you need and where you want to grow. So would this be something, I guess, so let's give an example. Let's say that just like you, I, well, I don't work for anybody now, but if I did, I got my pink slip for a Christmas bonus. So uh, eventually they'll hear, you know, let your network know that you've lost your job. So I would say that network is like anybody who might know you. So you could go to your LinkedIn, you could go to Facebook and say, hey, I've been laid off. I'm looking for the next job. That's what I would encourage people to do when I was helping do outplacement during the Great Recession. But then I would hear, well, I, I don't want to tell my network. Well, why not? Well, I'm embarrassed. You know, they're going to laugh at me. I said, no, they're not. They want to care for you. But they're not going to know you need them unless you let somebody know. So, you know, it was hard. I think for them, it was a pride thing. I don't want to go to my network. So, you know, what I always tell people is don't like work your network when you don't need it. Because when you do, you need it to be ready for you. I mean, am I off base with that? Or does that actually make sense on how this works? No, I believe you're 100% spot on. And what I would say there is that working your network is sometimes not to your tactical advantage. But again, that's why I keep going back to this board of trustees, this certified board of advisors, this closer inner circle. If you have this closer inner circle and you've built this up, they know already that you've lost your job or something's going on or it's possibly pending. And they may have been coaching you and mentoring you through this and saying, have you been looking at other things? Have you, do you know the average time that someone spends in a job is two to two and a half to three years currently? You know, they would be feeding you with this advice and being supporting you through the whole thing. The blast on LinkedIn is great if you're in a field that um, allows for that quick revolution and understand like recruiters. I mean, in the tech world, recruiters come and go and then they slow down and they pick up and that is a hard job, but I think recruiters are always recruiting. They're recruiting for themselves, they're recruiting for their next team, right? So I think it's just, it's, you can't, your network is not something you tap into when you're only needing. It's something you constantly are nurturing through your whole career. Okay. So you're, 
you have your inner circle, your board of advisors. And then, so what is, this is like an onion, I guess, right? So that's the smallest one. What's the next layer for you? I would say referral partners or people in like or complementary industries. Okay. So if, you know, insurance is an easy one to pick. You have your property and casualty, your health, your accidental, your commercial, right? Those are, in, that's, that, if those are referral partners, then that's your next ring. And then your next ring out after that is besides your referral partners or referral sources is the people that you refer a ton of business to. Because if they're doing business with you, they're probably doing with other people like you. Because if you're their ideal referral partner, they have another one of you in their book. And that one, going back to your wanting to get hired, might want to hire you. Interesting. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. All right. So then let's look at like networking groups. All right. Let's just say that I'm, you know, I don't have the bandwidth to try to identify these people. What if there was a formal group? Are there networking groups you can join and be part of? Tons of them. Tons of them. It all depends on what level you want to be at and how you want what you want to do to grow your network and what you need out of your network. There are organizations that are global across the world in the United States, and they are a weekly meeting organization, and they are very transactional. I give you a referral, you give me a referral, we're going to measure these referrals, and you have to work really hard to get deep in that. Then there's a next level, what I call. These are, you know, more business community face, more mastermind, more depth. They want to go deeper than wide. And it's more about building a relationship and getting stronger with them. And then there's industry-specific ones, you know, if you're an organizer, your attorney, or whatever. And then there's the top level that, you know, are CEO only, and you have income requirements and employee requirements to join those. There's multiple tier, depending on where you're at and um, who you're looking to connect with. Okay. So with that, then, if I find a group that I think would fit, is how do I assess without having to commit and find out the hard way that, that this one isn't for me? Are there things you can look at or like sense to know this is a good group or this is a bad one? So there's a couple of key factors. Uh, if you go to a group and it's being led by the members, if you enjoy that experience, then that's great for you. And please be aware that they're probably going to ask you to support the group as well in that same manner. So that's one. That's a yes or a no right off. I have time to do this group. I don't have time to do this group and be in leadership. The next is, is it professionally led? Uh, it's not member led. It's professional led. That is another checkpoint. If you want to be fed and you want to be getting support, then maybe a professionally led group would be better for you. Uh, do they bring in featured speakers? Do they do things to connect the members across in other ways other than just a, um, a weekly, a monthly meeting, a quarterly meeting. Other things that I encourage people to do is if you've gone to a structured group and they, they have a referral partner in there that you think you want to connect with, ask them to do a one-to-one -one and see if they're willing to connect with you prior to paying the membership. I'm not saying start business. I'm saying, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like dating, you know? you have to kind of see if there's a good fit because if they're never going to give you a referral and you join that group presumptively thinking they're going to give you a referral or they're never going to give you advice because they think it's intellectual property or they can't, mm -hmm. they have a very scarce mindset. They don't have a mindset of abundance of sharing. Then maybe that's not the right room or maybe it is the right room. You're the one that's going to make that judgment call, but those are a, few key things I would look into. Well, if you're looking at the questions and you still 
don't feel right. I mean, is there a vibe or something that we would know, like this group's really healthy or this is a bunch of people that just complain? I mean, is there a way we can kind of assess that? Because that would be the big one for me. I wouldn't want to be around a bunch of whiners because I can do that very well by myself. Yeah, I'm a no drama lady. So I absolutely agree with you there. I would say that a few key flags are if you walk into the room, how are you approached? How are you received? How did they make you feel? And understand that people will always be people. So there may be a little bit of um, cross chatter, cross talk, but you as a professional absolutely understand how to filter that out. There's always, people are messy, <laughs> but it, just to understand you have to, how much of a mess you want to be with or around, right? Um, and, and what it is, I, I don't like drama. I don't like uh, negative energy. I don't like hostile input. I wanna feel welcome. I treat anyone that comes into a networking room that I'm in as if they were walking in my home and I am from the South. So that means you do all, right? You make them feel most welcome. If you don't walk into a room and feel welcome, that's a sign right there. That's that's not your room. Uh, I jokingly tell people you got to get in where you fit in. No, it makes sense. <laughs> quit shitting all over yourself. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> now it's stuck in my head. <laughs> and, and number of people in a room don't define the value of the room. Quality over quantity every day. Well, you have kind of set us up now. So we're, we've maybe found a group we'd like to go. So now it's the first night of the meeting where I'm going to be there. What would be the things I'd need to do to make sure that I make the right impression, I don't mess up, and I can genuinely benefit others in the group? Are there some little words of advice for us on that first night? Well, everyone always says how you do one thing is how they assume you do all things. So whether the members or the other participants in that group are doing it consciously or not consciously, they are looking at you through their referral eyes. So meaning if you're an insurance person and you don't know any of the answers to the insurance questions being posed to you, they're probably going to assume that you're not being knowledge when you may be not having enough knowledge, but where you may be holding back because you don't want to dump too much, too much information on them, right? I would just say transparency and integrity are the best ways to always lead in always in all things. Okay. No, I think that's great advice as well. All right. So you've talked about different words. So I've heard mastermind a couple of times. I've heard networking group. I've heard business community. So are these all the same things just called something different or are they unique in their own way? And if so, how do they play together? I believe they all could be the same thing. And I believe that for each person that walks in one of those rooms, it could be a different thing. Where, where the differentiator is, is how much people are willing to trust you and how much you're willing to trust people. That's more what I call a business community or a mastermind. Networking is a good term, but I feel like it's been overused. It's been diluted. Uh, it's kind of like marketing. Everybody does marketing. Well, when you ask what marketing is, well, I sell, send out cards or I do digital media or I do printing. Like 
it doesn't mm-hmm. networking is too broad of a bucket. So I try and help narrow it down for people. And if you are a business owner and you've been out there on your by your own for three to four years, you need a business community. You need people to support you that are in a room that are connected to you and are doing the same thing you're doing. If you are a salesperson or an entry level in a company, then you really might need that more transactional relationship. You might just need people saying, hey, I'm out here hustling. You're out here hustling. We're going to pass referrals back and forth. It's all what is needed for you and your business and where you're at right now. Okay. So I guess you really have to be very clear about what you want before you start test driving groups then, right? I would agree. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, our audience, generally speaking, are HR professionals, Beth, and I speak at their conferences. There's usually the state conferences. In fact, I was at one in Oregon. It was in Portland a couple of years ago on that note. Cool. Um, But uh, what I see is HR professionals, and you can listen to the tagline of the show, you know, overworked, overwhelmed, underappreciated and overstressed, right? So when they come to the conferences, they can be around their own kind. They can drink wine and get loud. It is such a fun experience because, you know, they got to be buttoned up at work. But when they come to the conference, they can be their true selves. Now, they benefit from that experience. I truly believe that HR professionals really do need each other. What would you recommend uh, for someone who's in that field that really says, I need to be around my own kind, not just at an annual conference. I need something more regular. Where do you suggest they might start looking? So I love human capital specialists. Okay. That's what I call HR people. And they they have hard work, right? They, they have compliance. They have trying to recruit, trying to manage. I would say that if you are an HR specialist, and you need to find more of your own, I would say go for one of these professionally led, higher level mastermind networking business community groups, because they're probably going to be able to help you find people to fill your stuff or give you a different perspective. And what you talked about, about the going those conferences and being around like-minded, that is the secret sauce. That's the best kind of group to find. Even if they're not in the same industry, they have struggles that you might be able to solve for them and you have struggles that they may be able to solve for you, right? Especially if you're an HR, per, HR person out there by yourself doing your own business, or even if you're an employee of a big corporation, you need a community to support you. So I would say find a group that makes you feel welcome, that is there to support you and doesn't matter all of your, all of your spots, you know? The HR, I mean, I remember when I worked in corporate and the HR people would be called in, you'd be called into HR every time you see such fear on the people's face. And I'm like, you know, they're really not the bad people. They're the people that are just keeping everybody on the same page. And how you approach them is what makes it better for them and better for you. I would say the same is true in networking. How you approach it and how you're there and how you set down the boundaries and the borders is how you'll be treated. And I think having fun, having a cocktail, connecting with business owners is something that every HR person should do and every business owner should do with an HR person. I would agree with that. Yeah. In fact, the best HR people I know actually used to be business people and then they Mm -hmm. converted over. So they still think a little bit differently, Um, but it's a skill set for sure. I mean, I would love for the listeners to find a good community now, I'm going to ask you kind of an uncomfortable question here. I'm guessing some of these groups, they're not free, right? You don't just bring donuts and you're in the group, right? You have to pay for some of these? Uh, yes. And my experience 
in life and in networking is what's free isn't as valued as what you pay for. Okay. It's a level of commitment. It's an additional commitment from the members that if they're willing to pay for something, they see true value here. Okay. Yeah. I was just kind of curious about that because I'm thinking, you know, hey, it's a mixer and like, well, I have to buy a ticket for this. But now it makes sense if you were going to be with a person who is, I mean, dead set on helping you be successful, that is going to cost you, I think. Yeah. So how many people do you think in the world pay a lot of money for a business coach? And business coaches are great and they help get your message clear. They help you stay on track. They help you do that. And there's value there. But a business coach that you have to pay every month for the rest of your business career, that's a hard lift. I think there's a way to complement that in a professionally led organization that kind of fills that role a little bit, right? That can coach you up and other members can help coach you up and you can help coach them up. You absolutely get a business coach if you have a struggle or something. If you enjoy that journey, get that. That's no problem. But it's a plus plus. It's not an either or, in my opinion. No, I, I like that because I, I know I have some friends that have business coaches. And my fear for them is that they're taking that one coach's perspective too hard. And I'm not altogether sure that coach knows their industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving the fact that maybe I have instead of one business coach with one perspective that I'm paying, I have a group of colleagues that may see things in very different ways and can give me a perspective that a business coach won't. So, and I'm guessing it's probably going to be a little bit more affordable than a business coach to join a networking group, right? A lot more affordable in my opinion. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Well, the last question I have for you, Beth, is that if people are listening to this and they say, man, I really, I need more information on how to do this well. I'm an entrepreneur. I'd love to bounce ideas. Um, Beth, what is the best way for our audience to reach out to you and how can you help them? I would love that opportunity to support them and help them find the right group for them. My web address is nw-nia.com. And you can also reach me if you'd like. I'll give everyone my mobile number because I love helping entrepreneurs and business owners with their success. Even if it's not in my market, I will happily make a connection for you if I can. My phone number is 206 And I appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. All right. Well, get ready for a lot of calls and they're probably not telling you that your insurance or your car warranty is expired. So you might want to answer the phone. I have a feeling you're going to get some calls here, Beth. That's very generous. If you are listening to this episode, we're talking today about the power of networking. Uh, Beth has graciously offered her personal cell number. If you have questions and comments, she's a true networker. Again, that number is 206-550-7678. And again, your website, it was nw-nia.org? Dot com. Dot com. Okay, make sure you put the dot com. Well, Beth, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. And if you're listening, please reach out. Networking is truly one of those things that everybody needs to do very seriously. Beth, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Max, so much. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, 
as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs. More information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well. <laughs>